Holy cow, it's Friday. It is Friday on the Jack Michaels Show. Jack Michaels, Brad Anderson. Uh, Derek might pop in. Derek was under the weather a little bit. Got the allergies, you know, that kind of stuff. And uh, he's back in the studio, but he's I think he's over in the prod room. So he might uh, pop in if there's room. We have a full show today. We have the in our studio or on the phone, depending on where, uh, where Chris is today. Uh, have the answer to a trivia question I threw out this week. Of this year's World Series, give me one local product that is played for both the Houston Astros and the Philadelphia Eagles. Might be one of the easiest questions I think I've ever asked, Brad. But uh, Chris Coast, I mean, how about how, how not? I know in a coaster, you know, manager of the year in the American Association, which he is so humble, he'll say, "Hey, I share that with Anthony Renz, with Kevin McGovern." But you know, manager of the the American Association champion, Fargo Moorhead Red Hawks. World Series champions with the Philadelphia Phillies and his big league club, who you didn't expect, probably, I don't know how many people were, were banking on the Phils to be in the uh, the World Series, but his club now back in the World Series since he won it in 2008. Got to be pretty good. He did play with Darren Erstead in Houston, too, so there's, the, there's a little bit of tie. And tonight is game one. And the reason I, I kind of out of the gate started with that, because... Uh, <laughs> It feels like it's been two months, Brad, since the end of the ALCS and the NLCS. Isn't it amazing how baseball takes a couple days off and there's so much other stuff that filters in? You're like, oh, yeah, that's right, the World Series, they still got to play that. Well, and and because usually when they get to the one round and, and what's, we had the Yankees and Guardians, we went five. Mm-hmm. So we had some of those, that, and then plus there was a rainout mixed in there as well. So it felt like it, it just jumped from one to the other. But the World Series is already predetermined. We're starting on this date. And we had what a five-game series and a four-game series. So here we are. We've been uh, we've been baseballless for four or five days now. <laughs> Some would say we shouldn't be playing a World Series as as the calendar flips into November. Yeah, I, but you know. I saw one post that said it goes the, the World Series should have been over a week ago. Right? So, yeah. I mean, you know, really? Is baseball doing itself a disservice in the grand scheme of everything by maybe not going back and, and thinking about either? You know, if not shortening the season up or doing something different so you're not leaking in to the month of November where you're up against, obviously, some other competition. But, you know, here and there, Coaster will be along at around 1220 today. I can't wait to, you know, we're, we're kind of lucky in this neck of the woods. I always say this, in the state of North Dakota, as small as this state is, 600,000, 700,000, whatever our population is, and you look at our backyard and I mentioned Ersty, you know, we had Travis Hafner on a while back, uh, you know, a week or so ago. And just, be, you know, Chris, you know, all the, the people, you know, Phil Jackson, you know, Dale Brown, Lou Olson, we can start rolling through all of the, you know, Lawrence Welk from a television standpoint. You know, Brad, per capita, we had some folks come from our little, the little state of North Dakota that have made major impacts in uh, on the grand stage, right? Yes. I mean, it's pretty incredible when you think about it. So... You know what was it like in two thousand eight? I'm gonna and, and Chris is probably tuning in, but I, I'm gonna I'm not gonna quiz Chris, but he was a host of Tough Guy Radio on this property many years ago. Hosted a show, and uh, and Chris would dive into a little bit of a he would have good you know conversations and, and quizzes and stuff. I, I might quiz Chris if he remembers. <laughs> I was just showing this to Brad on who sang his national anthems during that two thousand eight. World Series and, and and wonder you know you know the athletes normally that's a big deal because you're bringing a superstar or a group in somebody well known yeah, yeah well known yeah. like like this year Eric Burton I had to do a double check to find out 
I get it. Uh, Eric Burton is is popular, right? Is Eric Burton and the Animals? I, that's what I, the first thing I thought of was. But it's not. It's not. Okay. For whatever good for, absolutely not. And I didn't not, know, but it's know. not him. It's not. It can be that Eric Burton. Okay. So, but you're right. I it, think that one's spelled differently. Yeah. Yeah, it's Eric Burton. Then Little Big Town. You know, one of my favorite songs is uh, is uh, is uh, and it's been covered by a, a young lady that I'm, I really like, a contemporary Christian singer now. Ann Wilson sings this, but but uh, Little Big Town is singing tomorrow the anthem. They sang uh, Boondocks. I like that song, Boondocks. Yes. It's kind of a, one of those things. So that's it. But I, I researched and found out who who were the anthem singers in Chris's World Series in 2008 as he took on Rocco Baldelli and the Tampa Bay. That's right. <laughs> Remember that? Yes. In fact, there's another piece. Of, boy, I don't want to throw all of the Chris Coast trivia out that's in my head that I've used over the years. But I'll throw this out. And, and we'll, uh, Chris can confirm this when he's on, but... Chris Coast's first major league hit was fielded by blank. And the answer, not mistaken, is Rocco Baldelli. And I think Chris Coast thought he had his first major league hit being an extra base hit that looked like a gap double. And the guy named Rocco Baldelli <laughs> took the hit away and then got a hit later on into center field and Baldelli fielded it. I believe that is correct. If I'm wrong, I'll, 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 I'll walk to Moorhead. 237-37 from the bridge. 237-37-67 gets you in. 888 uh, The text club is open at 35270. And before we get into anything today, Travis Dunn is in the house also. Big hockey weekend, the force in action this weekend, UND Hall of Fame game against Arizona State. Uh, that's going on. To the tune of Fridays are for music sometimes. So Brad and I, we kind of throw out, and Derek, we throw something out. And I thought about this. I don't know if it's an anthem or not. <clears throat> I'm going to go off the board with this one, Brad, today. Depending, I guess, your era when you graduated high school. Now, if I named mine, <laughs> you'd have to go back a few years. But from that era, who was probably hip or popular, what band or artist would you have had sing at your homecoming dance? Okay? So your homecoming dance, you would have featured this artist going back to your, your era. So a span of like four years, I guess, when you were in high school, what would it be? Now... If you went back to daddy's, Brad, <laughs> mind you got to go back to the 80s. You know, so I, I just throwing that out, I, I think it probably would have been pretty cool back then to have Bon Jovi play our high school dance. What are you, uh, what are you thinking on yours? You're, uh, you're a little bit later than yeah, that. Yeah, I was so mid, you're, mid, you're early the 90s. to mid-90s. Ooh, you probably had some, there are probably some boy bands rocking around. It would have been that. I would have said Pearl Jam. I'll give oh. you probably Pearl Jam. I'll give you these. Corey Provost would be proud of that. He's yes, he would. Jam, big Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam guy. guy. I will give you Nirvana. I, was that was that kind of in your yeah, neck of the woods yeah, too? Would have been there. Uh, I'll tell you a band that I liked is these guys. Oh, I got to find it here. We'll One, find it. Well, it's and a, there we go. Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, STP. Yes. Could you imagine these guys coming to Lisbon High for the uh, homecoming? Oh, it'd be a thing. That's a great call. Yeah. I don't know. They, they just, I was kind of more of a, I mean, I was a fan of them probably like just as much as I was Pearl Jam. I forgot how good FTP was.
That's a good call. So that's my text club because Fridays we kind of let it let loose a little bit and we tend to lean towards music. So if you want to text in 35270 and, and we reach, you know, so many different states and people. So my guess is the age range of the listenership probably is also uh, is a pretty wide margin. So, you know, pick your era where you were in high school. And uh, you know, for most of us, you probably went to four years. If you went to more, great. If you went to less, congratulations uh, and, and graduated. But pick your years in high school and a band that was kind of hip and popular back then who you would have liked to play for your homecoming. So that's our musical thing today. As you can tell, it's not as hard-hitting as the other questions we had this Te- week. Uh, text Club says, is Tom Brady done? Buck sure look like a non-playoff team this season. That division is bad. I will agree <laughs> that division is not good. Well, Tom <laughs> threw for over 300 last night. They didn't rush it well, and then they got to a point where they had to play some catch-up, and he did drive the team down. Is he done individually? Is that the question? I think the- that's the question. Is, is Does he have anything left? To answer that question then for me, because Mike Evans put up big numbers yesterday, uh, Tom connected with him, what does he have around him, how much of a running game with Fournette, you know, and all that, what is he, you know, meaning if you take Tom Brady and put him in another system that has, you know, weapons, does he, is, is there a different outcome going on? Was it good for Tampa on his first arrival and now all of a sudden it's a little thin or is it truly on Brady? That's how I'd have to answer that question. Now, Tom's still putting up some numbers, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I don't know at 45, and you can't tell me that part of his personal life is also not a challenge right now for him. Whenever there's kids involved and divorce involved, whether you th- we all think like movie stars have everything, right? They, they live the perfect lives. He's got a model wife and all that. Now the divorce comes final. So I can't help but think, Brad, that there's something also there that's weighing on him where maybe football was an outlet for him, but the team's not playing well. I think Brady has still got enough juice in the tank to be effective, but... I He reminds... I, I He's 2010 Brett Favre to me. Yeah. He's not 09 Brett Favre. That was a good Brett Favre. He might be the 2010 Brett Favre. I, I think... I think, yeah. I'm it, leaning that way. It's a good call. I, I think they're... Another, they're uh, another text. Will the Vikings come out proper from bye week with a win against the Cardinals? I'm really surprised that the betting line what is, is three and a half for the Vikings at home. Well, and you heard, if you listen to PA show, and I'm fully on, on, on board with this, the argument is always, we said it about North Dakota State, about North Dakota uh, well, we've we've asked the question this week about North Dakota State, and you asked the question in collegially on North Dakota last week, and now we ask it about the Vikings, rest versus rust, and now you look at the opponent that they're playing, and the fact that Arizona is one of those hard to put a finger on opponents, where the Vikings can find a way to not win this game, Brad, to me anyway, in my opinion, I'm really going the other way, and for Vikings fans, I hope I'm right. I'm going the other way. I think the rest, the 5-1, and one, it is now time to really put your foot on the gas. O'Connell's had a, 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 almost two weeks to really prepare these guys. Look at film. You're at home. I, I just feel like this has a two-touchdown minimum victory in it for Minnesota. Do you get that feeling? They've had, a, they've had better luck at home against the Cardinals. Now, last year they lost the that road. game when Joseph missed the field goal at the end early in the season. Um I think I think you got to look at the next two weeks are you would think winnable games. Although I think that game at against the Commanders is going to be tougher than they think uh, with Heineke in at quarterback. I think he offers more than 
than Carson does. So, and then you got the Bills after that. So, I mean, if you can somehow by hook or by crook get you to seven and one, going into that matchup with the Bills, you're yeah. you're sitting good. Yeah. So, I, I I just I I um I know where we live, and I know in the Northern Plains and Guardsy, we we discuss this a little bit with JG. You know, we're about we are we're kind of this. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the Scandinavian heritage. Maybe it's whatever. It, it's it's okay, we're ahead, but we're kind of nervous of being in a lead kind of thought in the upper Midwest or we're waiting for the shoe to drop, you know, and I think that goes back to having been on a path and never gotten over the hump. And I just, for some reason, I don't feel it yet with Minnesota. I think they're 5-1 and one for a reason. I think they've played enough tight games where it hasn't been an easy role. The team they lost to is undoubtedly maybe one of the top teams, if not the best team in the National Football League, and it was on the road. Um, I don't think they've hit their stride, and they're 5-1 and one in doing so. I think the weapons are there. I, I don't know, Brad. I, I just I don't want to jinx anything for those that are <laughs> – but I, I just get a different feel to Vikings All this right. year. I really do. All right. You know. Uh, Texter says, graduated in 2005. Okay. I would have to go with Blink-182 or Fallout Boy. Not a bad call. It's not bad. Blink-182 playing your homecoming dance. Yes. I got a personal text in here. Black Sabbath. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, great. But, boy. Like seven. How much did you have to chaperone that that party if Black Sabbath is uh, is coming in? Another one says, actually, Greg and Lamore. I think this is the Greg and Lamore I know. Uh, Steve Miller Band. That would be to play your homecoming dance. So that was a question if you just joined us. So that would be mid to late 70s. Take the air in which you attended high school and if you could have any band from that era that was hip and popular play your homecoming dance, what would it be? Here's one coming in. Ario Speedwagon. I know. I'm old. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> That's a great. That would be an awesome homecoming uh, band in that. Let's, uh, here's another one coming in. I'll take Snoop Dogg for 1,000, Jack. 1998 grad. <laughs> Snoop Dogg. You better played. not, better not hope the, uh, the 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 resource officer has the uh, has has the drug dog with. Do you, do you suppose there are a couple German shepherds around the door? Yep. with Snoop Dogg playing your home. Yeah, uh, yes. The student resource officer is probably <laughs> yeah, be waiting for Snoop at the front door. <laughs> You'll have to big TSA agents at the door with Snoop coming in. Uh, again, so that's it. We're coming to you from our Gunderson Jewelers Studio. OMG! Oh my Gundersons, make it easy to say I do with a custom designed wedding ring. Gunderson's Uptown in Maine, West Fargo, or Gunderson's.com. Wild looked good last night, Brad. The Wild looked good last That's night. That's better. Again. Yeah, that was. Uh, they got the lead early, which was important in, in an Ottawa team that had won four in a row, too, and, and looked uh, looked very impressive. So, yeah, it was a nice win. So, I mean, that road trip's been better. So maybe uh, getting away from the X was uh, a step in the right maybe direction. Said, yeah. Then they got Detroit and sometimes then Chicago. That road trip is yeah. Sometimes that road trip does uh, does wonders. All I gotta say is we're only missing like my buddy Virgil Hill in this room to really bring championship uh, in here. We got a national hockey champion in Travis Dunn, and then a World Series champion coming up next. I don't know if there's enough explosion out of this whole. And plus, we got to get Chris a, a taller chair. Uh, he got like the, the <laughs> Chris has never. Sat so low, low before. I think he's sitting at the kids' table. It's, it, it is. <laughs> we'll get your cup of mac and cheese with you in a second. The uh, T-Don, Chris Coast in the house. Uh, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, I love this. It's going to be a fun Friday. Jack Michael Show. We'll come back with that next on 740 The Fan.
One out, Chris Coast. He's three for three since entering the game. Swing and a line drive towards straightaway center field. That's going to win it for the Phils. What a BFF. Chris Coast uh, in the studio today. T. Dunn also in the house today. Brad Anderson's the Jack Michael Show, a Friday edition. And uh, it's it's interesting because Coaster, you know, with, with, the, with the children and now his youngest, Cameron, uh, uh, we have daughters with the same name, except my daughter always had a thing going, yeah, but see, it's spelled like a boy, Dad. That was my big thing for my daughter. And then Chris texted me and said, Marsha just gave birth our second child, named her Cameron. I'm like, see, Cameron, Chris Coast's daughter's Cameron. And my daughter said, how do you spell it? <laughs> she was on to us really <laughs> so we have We both have Cameron. So good luck to Perm today, uh, by the way, in volleyball, and Holly for that matter. But it's not why I called. And uh, good to have Chris in the studio today. The Phillies in Houston tonight in World Series game number one. I- improbable, Chris, that this year's Phillies are where they are? Or I know that as a Philly, you knew how good this team was. But did you see this coming? No, and I'm going to – if you gave Bryce Harper five shots of tequila and some true serum, he would tell you <laughs> no. But you you gotta you gotta say the right things. No, because and the reason why is because at the halfway mark or even before they fire their manager, then they go on this incredible run. Their whole team they, they couldn't hit. They were supposed to hit. They couldn't really field it very well, which is not a big surprise. Pitching was a question mark, which was not a surprise. And all of a sudden things just kind of came together. Give the manager some of the credit, but really the players, when you win championships, it's really all about the players and the players. Uh, the bullpen really came around, which was maybe the biggest surprise. But but think about it. If not for the new playoff format, they don't make the playoffs. And not only that, Bryce Harper can only DH. So if we didn't have the DH in the National League, Bryce Harper's probably not playing the in September and August. And, and so because of that, they don't make the playoffs. So there's a lot of improbabilities that that came to fruition for them to make it. Now, they're playing amazing. They've earned the right to be there because – They've beat up on almost everybody they played. I mean, they it really started game one against the Cardinals. They had no business winning that game. They had a huge inning, much like the Hawks in, in game five in, right. the, in the American Association. When they won that first game, momentum kicked in and they couldn't lose. So now, looking forward to all these days off, that's going to be the big question mark because much like the 2007 Rockies, they rode this wave to the World Series playing well but on a ton of momentum. I, uh, is it, I don't think they're cocky. Uh, but in watching the Phillies, and, and you mentioned Bryce Harper and Troy, but there's a, um, it's like they spoke, they they spoke winning into their their vocabulary. It's like they didn't. It's not that they don't care. You know what I'm getting at here, and I don't know. Just over, just confident, not cocky. How do how do you put a finger on the field? Well, I would say. They're the underdogs, certainly, but look at the star power on their team. That's the thing is they do have an identity. It's not it's not David versus Goliath. Yeah, Houston's very good, but Bryce Harper, Kyle Schwarber. He, I mean, he's amazing, and he's you know when you hear, I don't know him personally, but when you hear the stuff behind the scenes, as good of a team leader and presence on a team as you could possibly have. Nick Castellanos, uh, not to mention Zach Wheeler, who a lot of people don't know about. If you're a Mets fan or a Phillies fan, you know a lot about Zach Wheeler. He's tough. he's a Cy Young type guy. Uh, when he's healthy, which you could say that about some guys, but but he really is. He's a true number one, and Aaron Nola is also a true number one. In fact, I believe the day the Phillies clinched a playoff spot, they were the last team to do so, by the way. Aaron, Aaron Nola threw, I think, seven shutout innings against the Astros at Minute Meg Park. So the Phillies, underdogs, but 
still full of superstar power. I, uh, Chris Coast, World Series champion, manager of the year, American Association, American Association champion, father of two, husband of one. Is that, would that, did that come out? Correct. Right? Is that, is that, I was told there'd be no math. Is that, that's a lot. Are there any, um, take us back and, you know, T down in the house too, and I don't know what it's like to also be in a national championship collegiate hockey game either. What's it like to be in a World Series? It's going to it's gonna differ between who you ask, because you take me, for example. You know, a guy from Fargo had no business being in the major leagues. So every major league game I was a part of, it felt like the World Series. So when I got to the World Series, even though I wasn't Chase Utley or Jimmy Rollins, I, I felt like the most experienced guy in the room. I was older. I was 35 years old besides. Right. Um, and had played baseball all over the world. So yeah, you recognize it's the World Series and there's a little bit of nerves here and there. But to be honest with you, I think most of the Phillies in 2008 would tell you that we were more nervous the last week of the season, of the regular season, because we almost didn't make the playoffs that year. We clinched the second to last day of the season. The Mets were right on our heels. We were not going to be a wild card team. So the last week of the season, it was pretty intense, and we were the underdogs, not as big as the current Phillies, but we were underdogs. So there was pressure and, and things like that. You're the only game in town, the whole world's watching. But for me personally, like I said, I, I felt like I was prepared because every single game where I put my uniform on in the major leagues, to me, felt like the World Series anyways. It's a great response. And T. Dunn, if you go on a question for Chris, by all means, I thought you guys like known each other for like decades, For, for by the way, but Travis like, I just met him just now. I'm like, oh, well, there are Travis, some, Chris? Yeah, there, there are some similarities when you look at the fact that you're right. Uh, the feeling that every game was the World Series, I, it was the same way for me. I was a walk-on, didn't play till I was a junior, so every game was the epitome of my, what I was looking to achieve. And so carrying that in. Now, the scariest moment for me was ESPN had just started covering college athletics in 1980, and I never had a camera four inches from my face during the national anthem. And you can see, and it's actually I have video of it, and it looks like I'm going to soil myself because I was really going to soil myself. And so just, just the... The fact that, you know, you grew up here, I grew up in Winnipeg playing small town hockey and so on, that camera's in your face, that's an amazing feeling, isn't it? Yeah, and, and to me, a lot of the experience came from, I caught the final pitch of the 2007 regular season when we clinched. And that's, uh, if we hadn't won the World Series in 2008, that would have been that's the one of the biggest moments in, in Philly's history past the 1980 World Series. So, you know, I was part of a big moment that'll ever be forever be remembered. And then, of course, 2008, we eclipsed that. So, you know, personally, I, was I nervous? Sure. I was probably more nervous when they did the pregame announcements and the camera's in your face and you got to run on the dugout and not fall. Uh, unless you're crazy and you fall on purpose, right? right? Or make it look things. like yeah. you fell on purpose. Yeah, things yeah. like yeah. that. So I was like, just don't fall. Everybody's watching, you know, things like that. But uh, And for me, too, you know, I did start game one of the World Series, but... I, I wasn't Bryce Harper. I wasn't Jimmy Rollins. I mean, but Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley, guys like that, those superstars, especially Bryce Harper. I mean, he was born a star. I mean, he cover of Sports Illustrated at 16. Is he nervous? Maybe a little bit. But if there's a person who was prepared for the World Series and especially a Game 7 moment if it comes up, nobody, and I don't, maybe LeBron James, maybe yeah. Wayne Gretzky. I mean, the, every, mm-hmm. every sport maybe has that one player, but but baseball's, never had a, a rising star to the likes 
of which Bryce Harper came up as. I, I, I don't, I, I, it's going to be an odd question because, you know, Chris is just, you know, we are Chris, Chris, you are us. I mean, that's like the state adopts you, you know, the region adopts you. You're like carrying that torch for, for all of the Red River Valley. And I know Chris could feel that because there are so many people pulling for you. Brad played that highlight too of the four hits off the bench. A big, Chris will be humbled and say, well, I played a little bit. I started, well, you know, you had some big games that, that put the Phillies in a spot to win. But in a World Series, I know you can't just like dislodge and, and steal the base and take it home with you. And but but like knickknacks, artifacts, the balls they protect correct, Chris. I, did you put one in your pocket on a on a? You know, I guess it's the statue of limitations are up now. I don't think they're going to come after you. But right, there's little quirks like that when the World Series happens. Lots, lots of great memories that I kind of forget about until you remind me of. <laughs> right. Unfortunately, we get to hang out a lot of the year. But right. in in the World Series, the Major League Baseball has. Uh, people on both dugouts, so any foul ball that does not go in the stands or the umpire throws out goes right to that guy. The players don't get to keep them. I, I tried in game one, you know, just to get a just to get an actual game used ball. And so uh, I realized this wasn't going to happen. But I'm, you know, I, I'm pretty creative. Yeah, yeah, I thought yeah. of stuff. So I think it was game three or no, what was it? Game one, whatever. It was the second game that Cole Hamels would have pitched in. Okay. And he, I went out there to warm him up between innings because Carlos Ruiz got stuck on base, and he threw one in the dirt. Nice. I quickly put it in my pocket. Umpire threw him a new ball. The guys in the sides and the dugouts had no idea. I got two of those, actually. Nice. Um, get those signed by Cole <laughs> Hamels, and maybe it pays for the daughter's uh, college, right. you know, things like that. So I got you know, scuffed game balls thrown by Cole Hamels, who was the National League and the World Series MVP that, that year. So uh, maybe those are worth something. But, yeah, they they they, uh, they don't want just everybody having game-used baseballs, not even the players. See, when Chris first, uh, I think we were talking about that years ago, little things, Travis and Brad, that, that you don't realize in these – major event games that you wouldn't think are a big deal, but that obviously is. You probably took a puck or two from that Natty game, didn't you? you? No, actually nothing. Uh, I didn't. As a team, we always signed sticks and they uh, they gave them to fans and so on. I never kept a stick. Uh, We gave them all away. I don't have a stick autographed by my hockey team from 1980. We didn't have that. We didn't even get the jerseys given to us when we graduated. Uh, We actually had Dave Kamarowski, the equipment manager, I'll have to have at least twenty bucks for that, Travis. Okay, so I gave him twenty bucks and I got a jersey. Uh, so that, but that was the way it was then. Things have changed so dramatically, and of course, you know that wasn't that long ago. You won the World Series. Very different back than nineteen eighty. Yeah, well, and even NCAA too. They a little bit tougher. Like we're not even supposed to give our guys their hats. They got are supposed to pay, even though we still do. Just goes to- Mark me down for a violation. <laughs> but no, it's kind of funny because nineteen ninety eight Red Red Hawks. We win our first championship. Um, 5,000 people in the stands. I took the batting practice bag of baseballs and threw about 100 of them up in the stands. <laughs> so fast forward 10 years, 2008 Phillies. This right. is the first thing I did after the team celebrated. I went right to the bucket of uh, batting practice baseballs and fired them up in the stands. That's fantastic. And so then teammates thought I was expecting to get like a summons to court for injuring someone, maybe getting sued, but, <laughs> right. breaking, but no, I did. And then the next thing I did is, is – uh, they had police officers all over the stadium and they had like, you know, their mountain bikes, you know, cause you know, they didn't have horses or anything, but they had, you know, mountain bikes. So I asked one of the, well, the officers, Hey, can I take it? He's like, absolutely. So I led the charge. It won't be shown on video, unfortunately, but myself, Brett Myers, then Chase Utley, we're flying around the ballpark on uh, mountain bikes, waving to the crowd. And that was one of my favorite moments oh. because I'm kind of a nobody for the most part. And I spearheaded, you know, the, the whole mountain bike charge around the ballpark on the police, uh, 
bicycles. That is fantastic. See that stuff? This is, this is the gold stuff you get right here. Chris Coast in the house, World Series champion, T. Dunn, Travis Dunn, also Brad Anderson, Jack Michaels show. The, uh, and, and put this to bed, I think this is correct, and I, I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. Uh, your first hit was fielded by Rocco Badelli. Rocco yep. Badelli. Yep. You had thought you had a hit before that. Yeah, the very previous at bat, I was, I think at the time I was like 0 for 11, 0 for 12, and I hit a screamer to left center. I'm thinking easy double if it takes a bounce off the wall, maybe a triple, which I didn't have one triple in my major league career, which but, to think triple is kind of crazy now. But, and he ran it down like it was nothing, didn't even really make what looked like a good play, like a gazelle <laughs> just running out there and tracked it down. And I was like, if I can't get a hit off that, I'll never get a hit ever. I'm not going to get a hit in the and big then, leagues. Right. Finally, the next at bat, line drive up the middle, he fielded it, and there you go. The uh, we were doing. Uh, by the way, uh, did you guys have homecoming in Winnipeg? Like a dance? Like a no, no. Not back in my day, no, that wasn't wasn't a thing. We don't wow. and no school song either. As we were talking, you about didn't have a KF school show. song. Nope, nope. And no. you didn't have homecoming. Nope. That's depressing, isn't it, Chris? That's I. It's sad. I would have had a hockey game that night anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I had asked. I, I said today our question of the day for the text club: Have a little fun. Take me back to the years you were in high school, and if you could have had anybody in that that era be your singer for homecoming or your band or artist come and play, who would it be? So we're getting a lot of texts coming in. Uh, Coaster, I'm not sure who yours would have been. Uh, so you're probably a ninety. Nineteen ninety one. One. Yeah. yeah. Well, Brad, you're not far off that. You went with Stone Temple Pilots. You I said did. Would have been good to bring in Guns and Roses. GNR was, was still that was yeah. a good time. Yeah. Um, do you remember uh, uh, who sang the anthem in the two thousand the anthems in the two thousand eight World Series? If you don't, certainly could understand that, Chris. But do you have an idea? Could you name re- one or two? I remember Game Three and Four specifically because there, there's some Philadelphia connections. It was Taylor Swift and Patti LaBelle. You are right on the money. Um, and then. If I'm not mistaken, in Tampa, I don't know if there was connections there. One was it was either New Kids on the Block or Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Brad, he's doing pretty good, isn't he? One of those two, Backstreet or Boys. Insane. Game Backstreet one, Boys. okay. Right there, yes. <laughs> he's correct. Is, is your wife listening to this today? Probably not. Yeah, uh, a good thing because if, hey, can you go to the store and pick up some bread and milk, and you come back with? Need I don't remember right. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, Meanwhile, you're pulling game this stuff two, out, and yeah. I had to. I had to ask Brad. I said, "Game two, I know this group, but oh, yeah. I didn't. I forgot what they sang." And then Brad played uh, a bit of it. Um, for heaven, who, I, I actually now I see this. I get the songs. I'll have the song stuck in my head all day. It's a catchy little yeah, tune. That was isn't their it? their top hit, I believe. Was uh, with this oh, one here. here. It is. That's the one right there. Yeah. It is an earwig. Is that what they call them? earworm or whatever song that's Days in your head. They didn't do this instead of the anthem, though, did they? That would have been something. That would have probably been booed on that. I, I read an article today on how many Hall of Famers we'll see in this World Series. And and the person that came out with this article said, well, start making the plaque, the title, Justin Verlander. Agree, Chris? Oh, uh, yes. Right? Dave Dombrowski now has put together some, some clubs, right? Did, uh, does he have a Red Sox World Series? Um. Because he put together an amazing Tigers team, but they did not win the World Series. The Marlins in '97. Okay, so he had an open checkbook that year. Yeah, right. That, that was yeah. yeah. Rick, speaking of you know some yeah. of the locals, um, yeah, pulled off uh, swaps for Miguel Cabrera, Max Scherzer, Chris Sale, overseeing the scouting squads of Cabrera and Verlander, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, don't make the plaque yet, but have the engraver on call, Dusty Baker. 
Baker doesn't need a World Series to be a Hall of Famer, does he? I wouldn't think so. I, I mean, especially if you combine the playing career, though. But it, it's it's interesting because as a manager, they're going to go by a total number. Although he does have a World Series, doesn't he? Or did he lose it with the Giants? Uh, uh, did Dombrowski? No, uh, Dusty, Dusty Baker. Baker. Uh, no, I don't think he's ever been to a no, World Series. Still looking for oh, okay. his first. Yeah. Or I shouldn't say he's never been to one. He's never won one. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So that that would be that. Then the other two I have for you, Chris. Uh, Bryce Harper and Jose Altuve, are they potential? And Harper, you could maybe certainly make a case if you can project, right? Yeah, as Bryce Harper is going to have 22 years in the major leagues by the time he retires. He's Whether he breaks records or not, He's he, he'll be a Hall of Famer unless he has significant injuries. There's going to be some injuries like they all have, but significant. Jose Altuve, yes, because he's going to play forever. Even Alex Bregman, I, I think another when name. he retires, he'll be in that scenario. Uh, uh, JT, JT Real Muto. The only my only concern is being a catcher with the injuries. Potentially, he's been really really strong. He's still fairly young as far as being a catcher. Jordan Alvarez is like twenty five years old. I think he's a month younger than Bryce Harper. Or yeah. I, no, no. I guess he would be much younger than Bryce Harper. But yeah. Jordan Alvarez, same thing. I don't know how he doesn't put it together for fifteen more years, or at least, at least ten to twelve more years. So he's uh, got significant potential. But JT Real Muto for me yep. is in, the most interesting of them all because he's absolutely a Hall of Famer on pace, but being a catcher in the longevity. I mean, Yadier Molina did it forever, um, and JT. Real Muto keeps himself in amazing shape, but part of Real Muto's game is foot speed and 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 leg strength, and is he going to be able to maintain that? Uh, he, but he's as a as a catcher, I've always liked Yadier Molina, but Real Muto, wow, what yeah. what he does is there's he's he's doing things as a catcher that no catcher at that level's ever done. Before we let uh, Chris go uh, today, uh, Travis coming in UND in action tonight at or excuse me uh, Saturday night at uh, T-Mobile Arena. Because we don't get enough in time, you know, when you have, you know, your life in, in Fargo-Moorhead or at the lake at West McDonald, as opposed to your life, and, and you can talk about who your, your buddies were on the Phillies teams, Chris, how different, how, just how different was that life walking down and eating at a restaurant with Jimmy Rollins and Chase Utley and Cole Hamels as opposed to... Taking the kids tubing at West McDonald. I mean, what are we talking about here, Chris? Pretty similar. Uh, you and me going to <laughs> going to lunch at uh, right, you, you know, wherever we go. Wherever, Jack yeah. Michaels and and, yeah. and Chris Coe's going somewhere. No, <laughs> right. it becomes normal really quick. Believe me, I noticed it plenty of times. I could. I'm sitting in this amazing sushi place in in L.A. or. Miami or New San York. Francisco, and the bills are thousands and thousands of dollars, which I didn't have to pay for, you know. And, <laughs> and I'm, it, it's pretty surreal looking around. I'm seeing Jason Worth and uh, Cole Hamels, Jimmy Rawl, all these, you know, some of them Hall of Famers, MV, two MVPs at the table. Um, it becomes really normal, really. But but you do catch yourself, and like I can't believe I'm. I mean, if my if my buddies could see me now, right. you know, and, <laughs> and I'd get back to my hotel room after eating about a thousand dollars worth of sushi myself. It seemed like, and I text the the some of my buddies from the past, right. like, guess what I just did, you know? And, and here I was as a major leaguer, and maybe I hit a home run that night, things like that. But no, it's like I said, it becomes normal, even though it's not. Yeah, and in, in your answer earlier. Everything was was just you appreciated everything. So every new thing was just another part of the deal. I'd imagine, yep. and right? also being with the Phillies, and I'm sure plenty of teams could say this, but really the Phillies, so much star power. But when you walk through the clubhouse doors, nobody was nobody. And what I, I mean by that. that is, like Chase Utley didn't care where you came from. He didn't care how much money you made. You walked through those doors. Could you help your team win? Were you a good teammate? Bam, you're a Philly. 
And that's the way the whole organization was. And, and Travis, you'll appreciate this, too, because it's not just those that play, manage, and what have you. And, and Chris, I'll get the story wrong, so I'll have you uh, say this, too. When you win, comes a, comes a, you know you divvy some money. Obviously, there's dollars involved in a World Series, and I don't know what the numbers are this year for the winning team and the team that doesn't win. But I think, Chris, of that Phillies group, there were some boys that were uh, making a case for either you know clubhouse guys or, or guys that maybe weren't on the team. Talk about that, Chris, with the winning money. With about a month before the season ends, you actually have a – it's like a union meeting, and all the people or all the players who have been there for X number of days, you are in this meeting, and it's just players. And you discuss who you want to give, like full shares to, half shares potentially. If you were on the team X number of days, you automatically get a full share. And then after that, the team will vote. So if you're a total jerk, you may not get any if, if you weren't there a certain amount of time. If you were there, let's say you got traded there really late, but you had a massive impact, you might you might get a full share. I think Francisco Cabrera, when he got that huge hit to send uh, the Pirates over the Giants, Giants. maybe – or something to that no, effect. Braves Anyways, over, Braves, Braves, Braves over the Pirates. Braves, Braves over, over the Pirates, Pirates right. Yeah. He was only there for like a month, but he got that massive hit, got a full share. And you vote on Bat Boys. Everybody wanted to give the Bat Boys a full share. Then we realized, boy, these kids are 16 years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be three to $400,000. Right, so, yeah, right. We're not talking right. like $38 here. Right. Right? We're and talking six figures. Yeah, this is all decided well in advance of the playoffs. So you don't know how far you're going to go. So you have to decide this well in advance. And so we gave them like partial shares to share. So our Bat Boys... 16 years old. Probably fared pretty well. Yeah, they got their grad school paid for, probably. (laughs) (laughs) College tuition. College tuition. Boom. Uh, And you had guys that lobbied for that. I'm sure there's probably some in the room saying, what do you mean? We're not giving that out to them. And others saying, well, wait a minute now. There's probably that discussion going on. Yeah, yeah, because some of those guys have been in those meetings multiple times, so they have experience and kind of know how things are going to go. Because early on, people want to give everybody money. And then some of the more experienced guys will be like, you realize if we win this, it's going to be three to four hundred thousand dollars, and every every share that you give the parking attendant, let's say, is money off of Chris Coe's paycheck. Right. Because I was making league minimum. Right. You know, Jason Worth and those guys. You're making a ton of money. They were actually the ones that spoke up the most. Like, yeah, we want to give people money, but it's gonna it's taking money off of uh, Carlos Ruiz's paycheck sure. and stuff. It, which it's still a lot, and there's not a complaint. But so the guys who were making the most money were the ones that were most aware. To, to not get too crazy, yes, have some fun with it. Give the Bat Boys some money. It'll be a great story in 2022 when I'm on the Jack Michael show. You know, give, <laughs> give the parking attendant some money and all that stuff, which we did. We, we did a lot of it, but we didn't go overly crazy like – because in 2007, we had the same meeting, lost in the first round. And I remember that year. So 08 was actually my second year doing this. And so in 2007, we were going to give money to everybody who, who like, said, money. said the word Phillies at all. Went point You'd be like the year. dumb and dumber. Here right. you go. Here right. you go. Here yep. you go. Yeah. And so by 08, we were better at it. And I'm sure by 09 and, and early on, and like the Astros, all these guys have been in. Like Alex Bregman's never not been in an ALCS or World Series for six straight years. So those guys are pretty experienced on, on where some of that money should go. It's interesting, isn't it? See? My, mean, my cut when we won the National Championship at UND wasn't that much. You didn't get the $200,000 no, no, on that? just. Yeah, no. Did, just, I know we got. I know we got a break and, and come back and, and talk with Travis. But uh, did no, that keep see, doing with him? He's did, more interested. Than I am. What <laughs> that's the heck? great stuff with Chris. Uh, this is stuff that we talk about on the bus, so it's nice to roll it out on the air sometime. But uh, did that hit you like the day after? Going, wow, I'm going to get a little extra check here on this, or did that hit you like? 
as you're jumping on each other on the field? When, when did the financial part of his winning wife a, figured it out? <laughs> did Marsha yeah. call and go, "Honey, I've already got an idea for the house"? The day we clinched a playoff spot, you start thinking about exactly. it. No, yeah, I'm not kidding. Like no. you think about the ring, and yeah, you want to win, but you know that every like the first round we beat the Brewers, and we're like, okay, minimum, we're probably going right. to get this amount because you had like the Brewers and the Dodgers, and I the think Dodgers, that, yeah. you know. And there's way more important things that we think about than the money, but you do think about that, especially guys making league minimum, right? And so then we beat the Dodgers, like boy, even if we lose the World Series, we're going to get at least this much. And then, of course, when you win, you're celebrating, you're wiping tears away. Right. You're, I'm going to have a World Series ring for the rest of my life. And boy, I, you know, that was pretty well attended. We're going to have this paycheck we're going to get or this wired into our account money that I'm going to get a call from the IRS, but I'll take that every year. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny. You mentioned tears. You know, that's one thing that comes with it. There's always the tears after winning. What were your tears in regards to? Happiness for winning, sad that the the run's over. Where, 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 explain a culmination that. of accomplishment, uh, yeah. you know, being a, the the age you were. That's a great question, Travis. It was uh, when you're with, like, for me, I felt like a Philly for my whole life. Even though I was only there, it was that was my third year with the organization. But I think doing something together as a team, like a national championship, whether you're the superstar or you're the 25th guy, when you go through an entire long season and accomplish that, because we came we came short in 2007, the year before. And so to do what we did in 08, so to do something as a team, I'm sure like as a tennis player, you win a Grand Slam title. That's, that's amazing. You have a coach. and you got, But when you're part of a team, whether it be hockey, yeah. NFL, baseball, basketball, you do something as a team. It's truly amazing, the brotherhood. Knowing, but but that ring, because you know, in hockey, I'm sure you get a ring, but you get that Stanley Cup. I wish, I wish baseball did that. Yeah, I wish, awesome. I wish for for uh, one day they they give you the World Series trophy. You come back here like Matt Cullen does, have a charity <laughs> right. event around it. I, I don't know why baseball doesn't do that. Hockey is so amazing in that regard. Um, but knowing that you're going to have a ring for the rest of your life and. And just something that you know, you make the major leagues, they can never take that away. You hit a home run in the major leagues, they can never take that away. You win a World Series, holy cow. Bam. That's yeah. a whole different level of, you know, a lot of guys get to the major leagues, people way better than me, but to be in a World Series and win one, you got to be really lucky and fortunate to be in the right situation. Great stuff to kind of prime that pump. Uh, Chris, glad you swung by. This is your old stomping grounds, Tough Guy Radio. I want to say hi to the, all the guys down at work. <laughs> Jim Carr. There you go. What is a high there was a bet on that, by the way. What is high sticking? <laughs> what is icing? Icing. It's out of cake, right? Yeah. You, you, should we do the slap shot scene, Travis? Uh, do, do you have it down? No, I don't. Did you have that in Canada? Did you watch slap shot in Canada? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, okay. lived, we, we lived slap shot in Canada. That's a difference. <laughs> we were slap, we were slap shot. shot. I want the Hansons. All right. When you announced I was coming on the show, I got about 100 text slap shot quotes to, to say on the air. So I chose, I'll say hi to all the guys down at work. <laughs> we'll take a time out. Travis Dunn coming up. He is Chris Coe's World Series champion today. Jack Michaels show on 740 The Fan. All right, just like a championship studio in here. Travis Dunn, Chris Coast, Brad Anderson, Go Lisbon High. Wait a minute. Wait on that. Brad's got that. I didn't win anything. <laughs> Brad and I are like, 
we didn't have any rings. We just uh, broadcast rings. You got a copper ring. No? I have a copper ring and my wedding ring, which are two fairly important. Uh, <laughs> Those are pretty important. Really important rings in my life. So. I got the. Uh, we'll get a new American Association ring coming up. Matt Ross texted me would, today. Yeah. So yeah, that, that uh, suffering. Yeah, yeah, suffering. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of sufferings on that. Uh, Travis, what do we need to know really about tomorrow night hockey game? I'm just in awe of sitting with Chris Coast hearing wow. stories. He and you see what about... kind of human he is. Just a fantastic. Good gosh, I, uh, great stories and yeah. I feel inadequate after something like that. But, but some uh, of that maybe rang with you because you, oh, yeah. you know, Chris's talk about team. You know, anybody well, that's played right. a sport, I saw you nodding, going, you know what that feeling. Well, he like. played for the league minimum, and I guess I would say, like, and I've said it many times, I was the twentieth worst player in a national championship hockey team, and I and I mean it sincerely in the fact that you know it takes twenty, it takes a village, and you don't, and it's not all superstars. And Chris mm-hmm. would admit he wasn't a superstar, but for that team to win, the grit and everything else comes from within guys like yeah. Chris Coast, and so yeah, a lot of things that that ring true across all sports, uh, but we didn't have Kate Smith or we didn't have those folks singing the national anthem like they did. (laughs) But things have got, obviously, uh, over the years, it's Uh, more of a show. To that, and and, and again, in in a couple minutes that we have remaining, Travis, in your show tomorrow, what is outside of a culmination of sixteen thousand fan base flying from all imagine. over the country? I mean, what what does tomorrow? What is tomorrow about? You know, it's a celebration of hockey and the growth of the game. Arizona State in a place like Las Vegas, playing in front of an eighteen thousand. Can't even imagine that twenty twenty five years ago. And the vision of whoever came up with, hey, let's do one of that. And they started in Winnipeg in two thousand twelve. Right, that was their yeah. first destination game against what Clarks, I believe it was. And to what it has grown in today, they're going to take a couple of years off. Can you imagine Jody Hodgson? Is a freaking magician for he God's sake fantastic. to pull this off. Jody Hodgson is fantastic. I mean, He's... the hours that goes into this, we sit back and go, yeah, people are showing up and partying, but the, the planning and all the rest of it is just humongous. And as a player, boy, would that be fun. But as we said on KFGO this morning, my definition of a destination game was a national championship game in right. 1979 and 1980. Those are my destination games that we didn't put 17,000 butts in the seats either. There was seven or 8,000 in Detroit and about the same seven or 8,000 UND fans in Providence the year we didn't... won it. But Didn't it, the old Ralph have a national championship game like in the 80s sometime? Well, they played. Yeah, they did, actually. Yeah, back way, way, way back. And UND lost in overtime and then Wisconsin. Beat, oh, uh, and okay. I believe Wisconsin won it that year. Someone will probably correct me. But uh, you're right. It, the venues have grown because that rink was only 5,800 or so, and they yeah. added up to 62. Right. Now the Ralph could host it, and that would be an event and a half, wouldn't it? They host the World Juniors, for gosh sakes. Yeah, that's. Uh, I just look at this, and, 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 and we'll let you get rolling here, but you yeah. know, you got you know, Holy Cross, you know, Quinnipiac. Of course, the the rival series with Minnesota, now the destination game in Las Vegas. And then is it... Well, no. Okay, let's let's go NCHC. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, we got this kind of precursor of all this activity... Now, now we lock and load. I think it's great for UND. Last weekend, to go on the road as a team, they developed that team chemistry. It was a great, you know, they being outshot 38-18 on Saturday night isn't exactly a great statistic either. They want to work on that. Way too many shots by Minnesota. Minnesota's a really good team. But UND's team, relatively young as a team group together. Being on the road is good. Vegas is really good. A little more focus this year because of the fact last year they went to Nashville took the focus off. They're going to parties. This time it's, it's a business trip. It'll be a much different outcome. Around the rink. Tomorrow morning, Pat Micheletti. Pat Micheletti. Scott Taylor. And again, Brad Anderson. Uh, you may not be oh. familiar with him. He does Fargo Force hockey. I, really good broadcast. Yeah, really good broadcast. Uh, Very friend, solid. But a really good broadcast. Very solid, A good yes. friend and, and, and not afraid We're to share talk, snacks uh, yeah. on road trips. Yeah. And, and, uh, oh, oh, that Brad Anderson. Yeah, we got oh, a little Fargo right. Force. We'll talk a little you know, gopher hockey with Pat Micheletti with a little wild. And then Scott Taylor, Winnipeg Jets won last night. The wild one last night 
Pinto. Oh, we got so much to talk about. Good of course, stuff. Brad will talk Fargo Force. Thanks for swinging by, buddy. You got it. Uh, Travis Dunn, Chris Coast, appreciate having you today uh, in the studio and on the show. Football tonight, Brad Anderson, that BA, has got Shanley and Mina tonight. The uh, kickoff at 6, pregame before the run, 542 Common Man is coming up next right here on 740 The Fan KNFL.